Hey, welcome to the Journey Together podcast with Josh and Anna. Gresham. Gresham. We are loving life. We are doing these podcasts. We are, I'm telling you what, I'm so proud of us to get together and just lay it out all of these things that God's placed in our heart and to make it happen. Hey, I'm celebrating what God's doing. Uh, this podcast has been in our heart for the past four years. Four years. And we're thankful that 2023 was the year to begin. Yes. Uh, and uh, we hope that you guys are enjoying this journey with us. This is not... Uh, I, I think often you can listen to people and hear about their lives, and you're like, wow, they got it all together. They're doing awesome. Uh, this is not about perfection. One of my favorite scriptures is Philippians 1.6, and it says, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it or accomplish it until the day of Jesus Christ. This is about God doing a good work on the inside of us, and that through Christ Jesus, He is perfecting us uh, every single day, and that we're growing in Him. Mm -hmm. uh, thank God for His mercy and His grace, because we need it, especially with what we're talking about today. Yeah. Yeah, and getting to the topic today, you know, we sat down um, months ago here, and we said, hey... What are some what are some things we want to discuss? And we we this was one of those things that immediately we made a huge list of all of these topics that we want to discuss throughout the year, and then we narrowed it down to those those just a few that we wanted to grab a hold of right out the gate. I mean, right out of the very beginning, we wanted to talk about, and we knew that we needed to talk about this because a lot of people struggle with a how to. Um, and even the why, why do this? You know, so we're talking about confronting conflict, how to handle it in a mature way. Um, going right to the scripture, you see Matthew chapter five, verse nine, it says, blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called children of God. God has called us to be a maker of peace. You know, you meet people that are natural peacemakers. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, but it doesn't come naturally for everyone. I mean, that is something that you truly have to rely on the Lord to say, God, help me to to bring glory to your name, that you're helping uh, peace to come into this situation, for there to be a resolve, uh, that we can move forward in a position of uh, restoration, resolution. Often, we find that we want to hide, we want to run away. Mm-hmm. You want to ignore whatever it is. Sometimes you just cut people out because it's it seems easier than to address what needs to be addressed. Uh, or you tell everyone else about the situation. Hear all sorts of opinions. Fuel the flame. Mm -hmm. Turns into a bonfire of resentment. Right? And uh, then you go into the conversation like an ogre, you know, where you're, or, or that you have to be right. Oh my gosh, that is something God uh, just this past week hit me with of, are you trying to be right right now? Or are you going to talk from a place of gentleness? Yeah. It's tough. It is really tough. It's a good self-examination moment. Like That's tough. It's really tough. I mean, because, you know, the human nature wants to be right. And human nature, we, you know what I mean? It's like to be called out for something wrong or whatever, it's, it's difficult. 
yeah, you you want to get your point across and uh, and make sure that they know that this is what you believe. Yeah. And often conflict happens uh, just due to uh, life in general. Well, a misunderstanding, mm-hmm. a point of view, uh, what you perceive to be what is right, but it may not be that way. To yeah. hear both sides of the story is always beneficial. Uh, lack of communication. Mm-hmm where there's just miscommunication uh, involved in what's taking place. And I know for us, uh, our con we've had different points of conflict due to being tired, oh, yeah. right? Just feeling weary. Uh, it could be personality differences, learning to work with people that are different than you. You know, when you get married, it's two individuals that come from different backgrounds, yeah. different homes, yeah. different attitudes, personality differences that... You're, you are coming together to form a life together, and it can cause conflict. Yeah. Because you've got different ways of thinking, uh, and we want to make sure that as we move forward that, uh, that we don't have the I'm right syndrome, you know, mm-hmm. or I'm going to tuck tail and run, yeah. uh, but I'm actually going to confront this, and let's work through it, and let's grow. I get so sad when people... Uh, even leave the church due to conflict that was never resolved. Even if even if you choose to find a new church, it's hard to leave somewhere without some type of uh, a healing moment with that person. Or if you're dealing with a coworker, uh, and and I I understand that you say you do not know this situation, and we don't. But if it's at all possible with a family member that. And, and we know that in those moments, you might not hear what you're hoping to hear. Yeah. But if you obey God and step forward uh, and choose to love that person in the love of Christ and to love God and, and draw wisdom and, and strength from Him, then it helps you to release uh, the hurt and the pain and for you to begin to move forward in forgiveness. Yeah. Yeah, when we're talking about conflict, we're... You know, ultimately, there's a there's it's a root where it sets in place that will grow um, in ways you don't want it to grow, and you need to pluck that out as fast as possible because it creates bitterness, anger, rage, offense, and offense is really difficult to overcome. And the longer you wait, the longer it sets in, and it sets in almost. Forever, and not just in that particular relationship, but in other relationships. Yeah, it's a hindrance in your spiritual walk, uh, and it's an unforgiveness. Yeah. And the Lord will help you to heal from it, uh, but first you've got to recognize that it's there. Often we've uh, gotten to the place that we're blind to the offense uh, due to uh, the disappointment and the hurt, and we fed on it so much that it becomes our, our reality. Mm-hmm. It's what we know. And then and then we justify our feelings, our emotions, um, and, uh, and then that does more harm than good to both parties. Yeah. Uh, because there, there is no healing moment. Right. You know, you're missing that. Yeah, if you don't quickly go to the person that you're in conflict with and, and resolve, what happens is, is out from that creates a bitterness that... Um, Ephesians 4.29 really, really talks about here in such a way, it's, it's perfect. And it says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, 
but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Because I believe that from the conflict, offense sets in, bitterness sets in, and then you begin to not have wholesome talk. You begin to talk negative about the person. You begin to talk to others negatively right. about the situation. Nothing is resolved. And as we know, you don't go to anyone else other than the person you are in conflict with. You're not supposed to continue to talk and and build more uh, animosity, anxiety, all of those types of feelings and emotions towards that individual. Go talk to that person. And even though inside of you it's, it's really uncomfortable and you feel awful, you will feel so much better when you confront conflict. It is a, uh, that weight is lifted. Yes. And if you have uh, a pastor or uh, someone that spiritually is there to come alongside of you and you need mediation uh, that both parties are okay with, and that person's going to help the situation or just be there to spiritually guide along the way, then utilize it. Sometimes we realize, you know what, we need someone else here because we are not in a place of agreement, and I really want us to get through this. And I've found whenever I'm dealing with conflict, um, that person is not my enemy, right? but Satan is trying to come in and tell you that they are your enemy. That person is not not our, not your enemy. Uh, Satan's the enemy. We're not wrestling against flesh and blood. You are wrestling against an attack on their life and your life because the enemy wants there to be continual confusion, continual division, continual hurt uh, in your life so that you it's a distraction so that you never move forward, so that you're always in some form of drama or it just consumes your thoughts. And we have to recognize it for what it is. So whenever we we know who the real enemy is, and that's what makes me so mad. I get so upset whenever conflict is unresolved to the point where people can't even get along. And I'm thinking, you are not each other's enemy. God's got a better plan for this. Let's go to him, ask for his help, and then be willing and obedient to walk through this, even if you don't meet eye to eye still, or your personalities are different, whatever that might look like, you can go higher in the love of Christ, Yeah, love each other, and move forward. Yeah, and, and hopefully during the, the confrontation of dealing with the conflict itself, that at least you get down to the root of the truth behind it. Even though, yeah, one person may react in, in such a negative way due to a layer of things that happened to them that, to, that day, and then you got the, the brunt of it at the end because they just weren't happy about everything else. But then how they mistreated you wasn't intentional, even though it came across that way and you experienced it, and it's real, but it was maybe because of something they were dealing with earlier that day. And to hear that perspective at least gives you a sense of, oh... I see. Okay. Give them a chance to say they're sorry. Talk to them about it and express your feelings, how it made you feel. It's real. Now, you may be dealing with someone who's not nice. (laughs) They don't even care and they just tell you to get over it. And that's when you've got to walk away. And that's what I've got some steps here that we need to take. But I do want to lay a foundation of scripture before I give you this beautiful eight-step plan. You're like, eight steps, eight steps, real simple. 
You can write this down. You can check out our blog. We're going to put it all out there, but here we go. So start off with Colossians chapter 3, verse 13. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. So this is a, I would consider it a, a command, a spiritual mandate as to be a Christian. We need to walk in forgiveness just as Christ did with us. Then we see in Hebrews chapter 12, see verse 15, it says, see to it that no one, fall short of the grace of God, and that no bitter root, so I was talking about earlier, no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. So when you allow those things to happen, guess what the Word of God tells us? It's going to defile many. We've got to be really careful. So you got to realize that in conflict, it's not only hurting you and the other individual, it could be hurting others, and it's not worth dragging other people down. So... Yeah. I'm excited about your eight steps. Okay, you have used these eight steps. Multiple times now. As a pastor, I have to deal with conflict quite often. Um, let's get real. We're gonna the the next episode you're gonna listen to is going to be why we love church so much and to see through some of the church hurt that happens. So unfortunately, in church, there is some there's some hurt that takes place and you know, whether it be that you're correcting, being corrected or are corrected or whatever, you're, whatever position you find yourself in, um, you're going to experience emotions. And a lot of people, um, they have a different perspective of what should or could happen or how church should be. They came from different churches. Who knows? So as a pastor, I've experienced conflict. I've experienced a lot of conflict that drives pastors to not want to be pastors any longer. Um, I know those pastors, um, the stress and carrying the human emotion of what people are feeling, to know that you're not liked um, or what you said from the pulpit, that they don't like it, it's tough at times. Um, I've been told a lot of hurtful, hateful things. I've been accused of things that I wasn't even a part of, and it's driven people out of the church. I've had church bullies. Um, I've had uh, all sorts of you have conflict. To, I, I, you have to clarify what you were accused with, because people's imaginations can run wild with that. Oh, it wasn't accused of sin, that I was in sin, but accused in, in, um, in ways of, of how I chose to ran, run the church, of doing certain outreaches or activities, or it wasn't how they wanted it done, or or whatever the case may be, and unfortunately, there was some hurt that came out of it. You know, we also recognize on the flip side um, that you could have possibly been hurt by a leader, by a pastor, by a minister, yeah, and uh, or just someone in the church that yeah, you've I'm not with. innocent. I'm not going to say that I've handled every one of those situations perfect. I I know that there's better a better ways I could have handled certain things, and unfortunately, um, in the moment, that's what I what I chose to do, what I thought was best, and. And uh, but by no means was it from a position of wanting to hurt somebody. That's the difference. I wasn't intentionally out to hurt someone or create a fallout. That's not the case at all. No, and it's uh, this is it's real. It's real life. It could be even through your workplace. Uh, you faced conflict uh, to the point where you think, God, every day is a day of conflict with these people. And you're weary, 
you become weary in the middle of all of it. And that's often when we find ourselves wanting to leave or hide, or it just doesn't seem worth it any longer. Um, And God does have uh, a way for us to walk through uh, that valley of conflict and to know that He is taking care of us um, and giving us wisdom and and uh, a plan of healing and restoration. Right. Yeah. You know, years ago, I was in a conflict, and some individuals were not kind to me, and it was really hard. Some of the things they said were just brutal. And and quite honestly, uh, still to this day, I have rewalked through this circumstance, I mean, thousands of times in my head. And I have asked myself, you know, what could have I done different? Was any of it true? And honestly, to this day, I can say I don't, I don't believe any of it was true. I think that I was, I was, um, they were putting things on me from past hurt of what they've experienced with someone else. And they just took it out on me. And, and it was really, really hurtful. And it took me a very long season to overcome it. And, uh, it, it did set root in my heart to put up walls of separation from people, to not want to get close to people because people hurt people, hurt, hurt, hurt people, hurt people. We know this to be true. So that was really hard for me to overcome. But in the very moment, someone said to me, I was, I was sharing what had taken place. And now I said, I didn't have anything to fight back. Like in the moment, they were just horrendous. And I couldn't say anything because I'm not really great with being quick-witted or quick on my feet, and I just didn't have anything to say. And a friend of mine said, oh, isn't that awesome? And I never had looked at it that way because I was like, what do you mean is that awesome? That's not awesome. I wish I could have just cut their throats with amazing words. I wish I would have had the perfect scripture. I wish, but I didn't have anything. And, And my friend reassured me of, how wonderful that was because I didn't fall into a trap of he said, she said, he said, she said. Instead, I was just quiet and I just looked at him. And I, I find a wonderful, great reward from that because I go, you know what? I'm glad I didn't have anything I, I you know, had to say because they basically went back home and they didn't have any more ammunition. They didn't have anything. No, he just sat there. He just he just looked at us. And that was it. And I'm so thankful that I didn't have anything else to say. But that's in the past. I walked through that and God got me through the healing side of it that I'm not carrying any bitterness or hurt towards those moments. Um, I was I able to resolve that conflict? Not exactly. Not really, no. I was able to resolve my life with Christ in it, and I was able to close that chapter and move on, and um, and that's that's what it was. But but I want to talk about how to resolve that conflict with people that you need to. You can have that personal touch with them and talk to them, and you should do it tomorrow. You should do it this evening. So like, make it happen. Like, call them up, text them, say, hey, can we meet over coffee somewhere? on a front porch and and discuss this. So here it goes. The eight steps to confront conflict. Step number one, you got to start with the conclusion. 
Don't beat around the bush. The minute you sit down, by the way, a very close person who mentors me helped me through this process. So I'm, I've gathered this from them. And so you start with the conclusion. Is when you start with that conclusion, you are not beating around the bush. You're not uh, ums. Uh, so uh, no, it's hey, I've come to the con- to the conclusion. It appears to me that you and I have some hurt and some things that we need to walk through. And then step two, you don't need to say anything. You just need to say that that statement. Step one. Step two is where the problem began that you state where the problem began. I believe, you can even say that, I believe the problem began here. And over time or over this moment, we didn't see eye to eye. And then you ask that question, step number three, you ask the question, do you agree with that statement? And yes or no, let them say yes or no. It's a yes or no, do they agree with that? If they say, no, I don't believe that's what it was, then say, well, what do you think it was? And then they'll say what it was. If they say, yeah, I agree with what you said. I believe that that's what, the, the, what it is. Then, then now the next step is step four. Do you want to resolve it and work through it? Do you want to fix this relationship, yes or no? I would find it hard to believe that they're going to say no. But you may come across that. And if they say no, then you're done. You have four steps. You're done. You basically say, okay, well, I want to walk in forgiveness, and I just want to let you know that I love you in Christ Jesus, and I wanted to resolve this, and I wanted, I want the record to be known that I tried. And you can walk away with a clear conscience and knowing that you tried. If that person doesn't want to walk through it and doesn't want to resolve it, then you're set free from that. Now it's on them and God, between them and God, to so walk free in, walk in freedom from that moment. So that's step four. So, but if they say yes, then you go into step five. You need to list out two or three reasons why you believe it happened. And it's from your perspective of what you've seen or what you experienced. Explain those three things, two to three things. Not more. Don't overwhelm the individual with like, you know, 10 different things that took place. Get down to the poignant, most important things, the two to three, why it happened, your perspective of why it took place. And then ask them at the end of that, do you agree with that? And they can say yes, or they can say no. And then allow them, this goes to number six, you're going to listen. So in step six, it's listening. Listen to their two or three things of their perspective of what happened and what took place. Then I believe in step seven, which the it's not irony, but the knowing that seven is the completion of it's God's favorite number. I believe in this moment it's repenting. You've you have your it came out what you had to say, it came out what they had to say, and then you can look at each other and you should be able to resolve it. You should be able to say, that was it. Like I see it now. I see what you're dealing with. And, and you snapped at me, or, I, or you had perceived that. I'm so sorry. So in seven, you begin to repent. You begin to receive their forgiveness. Now, if they're still kind of hard with not wanting to walk through repentance, I think that's maybe call it out and ask and be like, hey, I'm sorry. 
you know, do you feel like you should be sorry or repent? I mean, I'd, I'd call it out. I'd ask them. And if they're like, no, be like, what? Then I, maybe I'm not communicating how I felt and how it made me feel. And explain that again, work through that process. So number seven is the repentant. Number eight is the easiest and best one is to stand up and hug it out. Hug it out. Hug each other and say, hey, I really am sorry and I hug you and I love you more than this. I love you through all of this and begin to work it. Now, are you? is your relationship going to bounce to 100% after that? No, that's the... That's the folly of mistrust. That's the folly of incidents in your life. But from this, you have a better opportunity to jump back up onto the trajectory of trust in time than it was to just forget it and not confront the conflict and just fall straight down and be like, it's not worth it. Now, I believe you have the ability to build that trust right back to where it was if you too are willing to agree repent, say you're sorry, hug it out, and then continue to move forward. So those are my eight steps of confronting conflict. And you've said yourself before that uh, you you don't enjoy, it doesn't come naturally to you. I write this all down. Right, because you conflict... I get some, nervous. Some people yeah. naturally want to address it. So my personality is I want to fix it today. I don't want to wait. I want us to talk it out. I want it over. I do not enjoy having unresolved conflict. I want it done. Yeah. And then we have others where, like you said, you're like, okay, this is hard for me. Um, I'd rather not talk about it. I hate that it's even happening. So this has really helped you yeah. in how you can uh, walk through this and feel good about it. Yeah, I believe you can talk to your boss this way. I believe you can go to a, co- a co-worker. I believe you can go to a best friend, a casual friend, a neighbor. I believe you can actually talk this way to everyone you come in, come in contact with. And I would encourage you to write those eight steps down. Write down, when I said start with the conclusion, write down the conclusion. Because you don't want to stumble over your words. You want to be poignant in what you're saying, to say, I'm choosing my words wisely. Don't come in accusing, but come in with saying, this is how I perceived it. And the conclusion is this. Do you agree with that? Yes or no? And then allow them to say, yes, I do agree with that. Then move on. If they say, no, I don't necessarily agree with that, then hear them out. What would you believe is, is happened? What, what took place? Hear them out and begin that, down that. And I would stick to that plan. And as you do it, you're going to see, um, you're going to feel better, but you're going to see some resolution come from it. And that's what's important. You know, I've had moments of conflict with people that uh, were not ready. They were uh, they were not ready to talk about the situation, and uh, this is where you have to be led by the Spirit of God, by the Holy Ghost, and how you love them. If you know, Lord, this has nothing to do with me, and this person does not want to talk to me, like they're going through something. I'm just uh, I'm just the person that's standing in front. Yeah. And uh, I've had many moments where the Lord will say, hey, I want you to go give them a hug and tell them you love them. Hey, I want you to bless them with this. I want you to, it's an, it's a, an action step of love, of the love of Christ. And I encourage you to just heed the voice of God to what the Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart and how to love people that have been difficult or have hurt you. Because 
the majority of the time they are going through some type of an insecurity or they've been under an attack from the enemy in their mind and they're facing something and uh, you just happen to be in the way. So when we make a choice to love higher and to love in action, uh, you, you'll find that the Holy Spirit will just come in and do a work, and then you'll be able to have that conversation with them because it opens the door for it to be a safe place. And that has happened for me multiple times. I'm not saying that's easy. You've got to get your flesh under. Because yeah. naturally speaking, your flesh is like, like you're, you know, you, you, you don't want to love on them. You know, none of this is easy. No, I can't tell you how many times that the Lord's told me to do something to love on someone, and immediately I'm like, I don't want to do that. Like, that's my first thought. Then I'm like, there's a great reward. I, Lord, I honor you, and I'm loving them because I love you, and I want them to see your love. That should always be our position, is I want to love them in the love of Christ because, God, I love you more than anything. When... When I honor God with how I love others, it's a game changer because yeah. then those things that seem so challenging, uh, they become a beautiful blessing and a reward uh, because you're sowing seed into that person for them to also have a breakthrough. Yeah. And uh, my prayer is that, you know, for some of you listening, you're like, the Lord's been telling you to write that kind letter or thank you note or to send a flower or to do something and uh, make a meal, you know? I don't know what that looks like. Give a hug and do it. I'm all about surprising and delighting. Do I'm it. always, I'm always, because it, the Word of God really instructs us. The Proverbs 12, 18, the words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Man, when you do something for someone, when, you're, when you are comforting to someone, stop thinking of conflict, conflict as something that's a bad word. Let's 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 put conflict and comfort in the same category. Conflict you're going to bring comfort. So in, instead of bringing more conflict with the conflict that you have encountered, now say I'm going to counteract it with comfort. I want to bring so that's what you're doing. So you should actually be excited. So knowing this kind of, it's, I know this sounds ridiculous, but it's the idea of like, you have, man, you're so tense and your shoulders are tense and you're like, oh, wh what do you need? Do you need a massage? <laughs> like, you want comfort. You being a peacemaker, bringing good words, wise, healing words to the situation, you're going to bring comfort. Like, that's beautiful. Well, and it, letting your gentleness be known. I really love that you said that. I like the comfort in conflict because when you truly want that conflict to be resolved, you get excited about God doing a work in the situation. Then it brings joy knowing that the Holy Spirit is bringing comfort to both parties of what's taking place. Uh, there is a really cool set of scripture. You all know Philippians chapter 4, but often you don't—we uh, skip over the very beginning— where Paul says, uh, verse 2 of Philippians 4, I implore Eodia and I implore Syntyche to be of the same mind in the Lord. And I urge you also, true companion, help these women who labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. 
before we even get into rejoicing in the Lord and letting your gentleness be known and being anxious for nothing and praying, he said, hey, these two women are not in the same mind in the Lord. And I implore you, we got to believe God that they come together. Yeah, We we should want to be a maker of, of peace. We should want to see unity take place in the church, in the people that we're working with, in the people that we're coming alongside of. This should be our goal. And uh, I love that this starts off uh, of Paul saying, hey, these women labored with me. And all these names are in the book of life. We're all in this together. So we should rally around one another, and this should be our desire of not living in uh, a, a continual place of hurt or anger or strife. Yeah. Oh, strife is a spirit, and it, uh, it is demonic. It brings out the worst. Uh, that is not God's best. No. It's time that we wake up to it and recognize God wants me to be a maker of peace. And I even say before the Lord, uh, Joshua, you're a natural maker of peace, and he's very mercy-motivated. Uh, I am very black and white, not that I'm not mercy motivated, but I'm, I am confrontational. So when it comes to these things, I recognize that I have to call on the Lord and ask for help in my natural personality. But because I have Jesus living on the inside of me, that means I receive everything that he has. Mm-hmm. So I'm able to walk in mercy. I'm able to walk in grace. I'm able to love them. I'm able to calm my hind end down and talk through a situation uh, and come to a resolution because of Jesus. Right. So don't put this of like, well, this I just I'm heated all the time. Okay. <laughs> but if you are a child of God, that's that's first. Yeah. And you need to ask for help. Yeah. The same way you had to ask for help on conflict and and confrontation, I've had to ask for help for the Lord to help me uh, simmer down and work through it from a peaceful manner. So I'm so thankful that the Lord knows where we're at and He helps us on, uh, you know, He helps us in our unique design and personalities. Yeah, I mean, you know, God doesn't want to see us in, in discourse. He doesn't want to see us this way. He wants to see us in in a way that's um, not hindered by these emotions. And he doesn't want to see us in, in turmoil. And knowing that, God wants the best. Um, I, I read Proverbs 16. By the way, chapter 16 of the book of Proverbs is by far one of the best chapters in all of the book. If you're looking for a chapter to just chomp on today, Proverbs 16. But Proverbs 16, 7 says... When the, when the Lord takes pleasure in anyone's way, he causes their enemies to make peace with them. I mean, put yourself before the Lord and say, Lord, you know what I'm going through. God, I want you with me. I want you to, to, to guide me, to show me what's necessary. And you're, when he's gonna, he's gonna take pleasure in that, then guess what? He's going to see fit that your enemies make peace with you. Uh, Do it. Go before the Lord. Pray, 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 pray. I didn't have a step in the very beginning of prayer. 
it's understood for me in my own life, but I want it to be understood for you. You cover this in prayer. When you're finished with step eight of hugging it out, guess what? Cover it in prayer because that evening, when you're not with them anymore, they may have spoken all of these spider webs of craziness to all these different people, and everyone's going to be calling them. How was it? How was this? What did they say? And again, because the conflict wasn't resolved immediately, and there's all these different people's opinions, more opinions still could still come in. So you've got to make sure that when you hug it out, you look at them and say, here's my number. You call me tonight. You call me tomorrow. Do not allow the enemy to come in and create more offense. Like, it's not true. You know my heart. My heart was not this. And let's move forward. And uh, don't allow the enemy to have a foothold because I'm going to tell you, the enemy wants to destroy those good godly relationships that you have or those good opportunities in your workplace, in those environments, to have favor with your boss. This is where you've got to put a, a stop on it. So explain to them, give, here's my number, call me if you need me because I want, I want God to get the glory in this. Yeah. So conflict. By no means, again, to wrap this up, I, I'm not making light of it. It is, it's the worst. It's hard. It sits on you forever. I mean, I, I have lost way too much sleep. I have lost, unfortunately, I've lost friends. I've lost people over time, and it was, it's hard. It's really hard, and I hate it, it. This is why it's valuable to, uh, to talk about it and yeah. to get a plan. And our prayer is the Lord's going to help you right where you're at, the same way he has helped us. Mm-hmm. Uh, that we are still growing in this, and God is continually helping us to operate from that place of unity in the love of Christ yeah. with one another. And so that's our, our hope and prayer for you as well. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. I believe that when you take that step forward of initiating, being the responsible party of re- initiating the comfort, you're the comfort bringer. You're bringing the peace. God's going to bless it. So make it happen. Call them tonight. Text them tonight. Ask if they can meet tonight, meet tomorrow, take off work. Whatever it is, resolve that conflict and have a plan. Make it happen. Yep, and release it to the Lord. All right. Release it to the Lord. Hey, you guys, thanks for joining us. Uh, make sure you check out our blog. Yeah. Journeytogether.com. And, um, if you like what we're doing, subscribe. Make it, make it your regular routine. I'm telling you, I've got some great podcasts myself, some resources. We'll in the future we'll do a resource podcast where you'll hear where we where we glean from, who we listen to and stuff. But um I you know, if this is hitting home, then click subscribe. We we enjoy uh journeying together with you. Yes. Yeah. All right, guys. All right. Have a yeah. good day. Bye.